Hi, I'm Matthew. This is my podcast, Perspective. Hi, hello, welcome, welcome back. If you're new, hi. If you're not new, hi. Um, so I've recorded probably three podcast episodes by now because I've, I, I've just, I just wasn't satisfied with the last one. And I think the problem was, was that I didn't like script it. I didn't research anything. I kind of just talked and I feel like what makes me satisfied with my work is if I put like outside effort into it, I guess. But, um, this one, I'm very confident I'm going to like, no matter how it sounds, because the content, uh, the contents, in my opinion, is good. And, uh, today we'll be talking about the influence Emma Chamberlain had on the world because it's really interesting to see her influence on the world and kind of like the hold she has for all trends and she's one of the very few influencers left that has some sort of fan base because i feel like influencer culture is dying now so food for thought but i want to be talking about how she affected how youtubers act the youtube trend she's done fashion was a big part of it um, I'll be talking about the fashion trend she started. I'll be talking about food. Um, I'll be talking about how she made, um, how she indirectly taught teenagers in gen or in Generation Z to make photos and videos the byproduct of experiences. I want to be talking a lot, so buckle up. Okay, so the first segment is how we act and how she's affected how we acted so before anything like before we talk about anything related to Emma Chamberlain it is very obvious and very clear even if you don't know her that well that she's got to where she was because she was her real authentic self and I feel like it gave this generation a role model and a better sense of what standards are attainable and what standards are not and when people say like to other influencers, like, you're copying Emma Chamberlain, it really just means they're looking up to her, because she's being the quote-unquote anti-influencer of the platform, platform being YouTube, and we're just aware of the style of her editing and the way her messages are conveyed, so, uh, when people say you're copying Emma Chamberlain, whatever, whatever, it's usually due to the YouTuber's editing style, or the coffee-slash-sleep personality. More on that later. And she was open. She's very open with her personal life. And she shows all emotions on camera. Before her reform to her eras now. But I'll, I'll get into that soon. Um, an interview with Who, What, Where says, When Emma Chamberlain started her YouTube channel three years ago at 16, she had a rather... I don't even know what that word is. I should have read it more. Precocious? precocious realization that would end up defining her career quote i grew up watching girls on youtube who became my role models she told me but they weren't my role models in a way that was un but they weren't my role models in a way that was unattainable and that wasn't truly showing what being a teen girl really is the disconnect she felt between her personality her personal experience and the perfect glossy version of a teenager she saw on the other side of the screen is one we're all familiar with it actually ended up making me feel kind of bad about myself because i was like Okay, their skin looks so perfect and this and that, and come to find out, now that I'm in it, none of it is real. I don't, I don't, I really don't know what to say after that quote, like, 
that kind of sums it up but there's more actually i i still have more to say after that quote quote i think that people connect with me because i'm somebody they can relate to unquote chamberlain said of a uniquely engaged audience she hopes to be more a more attainable role model to young people that they can look up to i'm real everything i do is real there's no lie in any of it which is the reason she is where she is and it's very obvious and very plain but people still like don't look after that you know what i'm saying like they're still influencers are still influencing unattainable unattainable standards so yeah of course when it comes down to having a personal brand it almost doesn't matter what she's doing as much as it does how i started to be introduced to the idea that i needed to have a consistent brand and it just didn't sit right with me this kind of solidifies the theory of the anti-influencer and the basic base the basic rules of an influencer is to find a niche and to like find a kind of role in social media and society where like okay like you'll teach people about this you know like uh finding a niche is probably overrated and it's very overrated in my opinion because that kind of makes put that kind of gives your audience a box to put you in and if you leave that box you know like your career is over your fame is over and i feel like that happened a lot with kids channels kids youtube channels and like the kids just grew up especially channels like what's that one channel sis versus bro we we all know who sis versus bro is but like they fell off because they grew up and you know the audience stays the same it's the audience stays around the same age so there's that uh one more quote from the who what where interview i'll link it in my linker if you were interested in that and this this um this interview was i want to say 2020 2021 um she still had long she like she had long blonde hair so i want to say i want to say early 2021 but last quote quote my aesthetic and my fashion sense are constantly changing but i think that keeps it fun and interesting this is an important thing to keep in mind for what we're going to talk about next which is fashion let's go okay so i'm going to talk about her the fashion trend she's she's made popular or the fashion trend she's pioneered the fashion trends that she's um she's fueled sorry it's my script the the trends that she's fueled because i feel like in most cases she would see like one person do it like she would see one person on the street do it and then like she'd be like oh like that's kind of cool and then she would give it to such a broad and wide audience and then like everyone would attain to it and now everyone has it never now everyone's doing that trend. you know what i'm saying so the first thing i feel like she really made famous and she made her brand for the first i guess era of her career was scrunchies scrunchies is such was such a big part of her personality at some point and i feel like there was one award show in like 20 i either 2018 or 2019 and she wore a scrunchie to the like she put she put her hair in a scrunchie in that to that award ceremony i guess it could have been the vmas it could have been the mtv awards but like i said she made it her brand shell necklaces she's definitely made popular um she basically made the blueprint of a visco girl and then just like her, and then changed her style right immediately after it became popular aviator glasses and glasses with colored lenses she also made that popular in her first era uh she, again she made the blueprint for the visco girl and thrifting 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 is popular obviously it ha always has been popular but she really solidified it and made it a trend just to be something as timeless as it is now so 
that's how I feel. Plaid pants. I, I give her the credit for plaid pants. I don't think anyone was wearing it before. Um, shoelace belts. Every time I look at a shoelace belt, the first thing I automatically think of is Emma Chamberlain. She has definitely normalized the shoelace belt. And I give her two, I give her 200% credit for the shoelace belt because I remember in one YouTube video, she said, uh, or one YouTube video, one interview, something. She was like, oh, I just didn't have a belt that really fit, so I just took the shoelace off an old shoe and put it, made it the belt. And then she made it the style. So I definitely give her credit for that. And then moving into her second era, I guess, so 2019, uh, tacky 90s prints and button-ups, tacky oversized graphic cat shirts for sleeping, I guess, and sweater vests. She verified it to be a trend that would later expand. It was odd. It was something that was like the trend existed i want to say when she started or when she started wearing sweater vests but she really solidified it doc martens and oversized leather jackets those again were already pretty generally popular but she solidified it in teens closets and yeah i want to say she fueled the trend um sweatpants culture she definitely did that and that again that ties back to how she wanted to show up as like kind of like a real person on the internet and an anti-influencer baguette bags i give her some credit for that she definitely fueled the trend and the trend already existed beforehand um chunky colorful jewelry i give her a lot of the credit for i remember i don't even have instagram but i remember there was an instagram picture um i think i want to say like 2020 2021 early 2021 um it was of the jewelry by Monsieur Moy or that picture put Monsieur Moy on my radar and radar on my radar I really like their jewelry but I definitely give her a lot of credit for popularizing what am I saying making chunky colorful jewelry popular I definitely give her a lot of credit for that creeper shoes like the creeper leather loafers platform leather shoes i give her a lot of the credit for um leather lovers in general i give her credit for and this one's a big one guys long skirts i give her literally all the credit for making that popular to making what it is today um she definitely made that her brand i want to say summer of 2021 so yeah the claw clip i i think she helped field that um Platform leather shoes in general, I guess. She's really attained to make it her brand. And yeah, she just held on to that as long as possible. She's still, she's still holding on to that. And yeah, I give her credit for that. Birkenstocks, I give her all the credit for it because nobody liked Birkenstocks, I want to say like a year ago while she, when she was like wearing it. But now everyone's wearing it. Like, what's up with that? Um... Ugg boots she made popular and not for style but just for wearing in her 2021 youtube reform i'm calling it where she went from her usual bright like vlog videos to the old camcorder aesthetic kind of videos and you know many more like this like the fact that the trends that she's helped popularize popular is that a word can someone search that up for me is that a word oh wait it's a word okay cool just wanted to make sure i'm not you know 
not dumb. Anyway, the fact that the trends don't stop there is kind of crazy and shows how much, like, if you like it or not, if you know her or not, like, she's affected your life in some way, shape, or form, especially when it came to the fashion trends. And I feel like with her Louis Vuitton partnership, brand deal, she showed that Louis Vuitton was not just for, like, older clientele, but it can be for teenagers, and it's in style, and she styles it constantly, so, yeah, that brand deal really, I want to say that brand deal worked, like, the con- and it's it's still continuing, but I feel like the goal of that brand deal was achieved, and, yeah. Okay, so the next segment isn't going to be, su- the next segments, I guess, aren't going to be super long, as long as fashion was, because fashion, I want to say, is a very big part of her identity, but now... We're going to get into food and what she's made popular there. Um, first and foremost, burritos she'd made her brand just because she liked them, which staying true to self, staying true to herself, and it, it's been working for her so far. Obviously, more people, I want to say more people should do it, but personalities end up looking the same on the internet because there's so, there's so many people with so much, so many similarities that make them influencers. So I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But what else? Her Erwan salad era. That brought up a lot of attention to Erwan for a short amount of time. So now, um, I don't know if you guys know. It might just be me. But she like she was eating Erwan salad in her videos for like for like five for like five weeks straight. Um and then she just stopped. So in my opinion, it brought a lot of attention to Air One for a short amount of time. Um, a lot of influencers went there for a little bit. But, yeah. Monty's Good Burger. Like, Emma is a revolution. She fueled Monty's Good Burger in her interview with Harper's Bazaar. I feel like, yes, Monty Good Burger is popular. It's an LA hotspot, whatever, vegan burgers. But she really, she introduced it to a whole new audience. And now, you know, It's popular. <laughs> It has been popular, don't get me wrong, I'm not giving her all the credit for Monty's success, you know, but, yeah. Everything but the bagel seasoning, I cannot stress this enough, okay, so she stated in a YouTube video somewhere that she got everything but the bagel seasoning, it was just a really random thing she got at Trader Joe's, and then it becomes a phenomenon. I don't think I need to say more, she... I give her all the credit for making everything but the bagel seasoning popular. And it carried 2020 seasoning. Like, that. that is the seasoning of 2020. Like, I, I promise you, I can ask someone, like, what was the seasoning of 2020? They would say everything but the bagel seasoning. Or I, I'd ask if you know what everything, with the, everything but the bagel seasoning was. They'd say yes. Her Kava Bowl partnership, that was just recently, I want to say a couple months ago, it really shows her versatility when it comes to partnerships brand deals and marketing in general she is a very good marketing technique um yeah i didn't even know what kava was until that partnership and kava sounds pretty good it's basically mediterranean chipotle but it sounds good um yeah that's it for food trends we're gonna talk about trends that aren't fashion we're gonna talk about domestic domestic trends no (laughs) what what am i saying Okay, we're going to talk about trends that aren't fashion right now. First and foremost, the Visco girl, I give her all the credit for 
making the visco girl i guess uh she left obviously she left as soon as she made the trend which is really funny to me like usually influencers would kind of um build their brand off of what they make popular so in the case of the visco girl i emma chamberlain could have made the visco girl her personality and outstretched the trend longer you know or if it became like a meme she could kind of build off of the meme and make merch out of it make just like gabby hannah did if you know what i'm talking about with her genius interview so is gabby hannah her name i know you know who i'm talking about but is that her name <laughs> oops um tiktok i feel like in early 2019 late 2018 she got on tiktok and kind of voice tiktok through her youtube videos like oh it's not as it's not as bad as you say it is like you can get tiktok it's not a crime to get tiktok you won't be you won't be what's it called you won't be ridiculed for if you get tiktok and then she made it popular she didn't make it popular she became like a fuel for tiktok to get um to get users after it switched from musically and then she left like she said she deleted tiktok from her phone because it took a lot of her time so there's that um the starting internet beef youtube trend in 2020 i give her the credit for that she was the first one to do it and i saw i saw like at the least six influencers do that exact same trend um within a certain time frame time span so i give her credit for that reading reading oh my goodness i I give her, like, 75% credit for making reading popular. She was, like, at some point, she was just, like, reading makes you hot. And then everyone's reading. I'm not even joking. I don't know. I don't know how things like that build. Like, she's, like, she just says, like, oh, I like reading. And then now we have this whole reading aesthetic, I guess. It's absolutely crazy. I don't get it. Okay, this next one is probably the biggest one on the list. The cheese board. I give her literally all the credit for it she made the cheese board she made the cheese board and cheese board culture popular um single-handedly so um what else cooking like drums i want to i don't want to say she made drums a trend but i feel like she made it she made it seem like oh it's fine if you learn an instrument and you present yourself learning an instrument on the internet or whatever um i feel like she pioneered the photo dump of you know photo sharing video sharing and instagram in general i feel like she pioneered the photo dump and the last two things the new york aesthetic and the artsy museum aesthetic her era now i want to say i give her some credit to in making the those eras or not those eras those aesthetics popular because yeah like if i was on pinterest i wouldn't see new york pins I didn't see New York pins until after she went to New York and was like, I like New York. I think I was meant to live here, which is what, like 2019, maybe. I don't even know. Anyway, that's it. I've been talking a lot recording this, honestly, because the last two or three episodes I've recorded, the it was like 15 minutes long. So I, if you were happy that 
if if you're if you were happy for it to be shorter let me know because that's literally all i care about um that's the whole reason why i'm doing this anyway so the next segment is probably the one of the most important one of the more important things when it comes to her career and that's her editing style and her editing style evolution so her first era i guess being popular was crazy cuts distortions throughout the video and she put a at that point she put a lot of work into her videos um editing it and layering like her voice i don't know it, it, it's, it was crazy she did a lot of edits a lot of cuts a lot of zoom-ins a lot of distortions throughout the video and then i want to say that was like 2018 early 2019 and then late 2019 and throughout 2020 she ended up doing simple cuts and zoom-ins for most of the videos but still have still attained some sorry still attained some like distortions and some cuts zoom-ins you know like it's still funny but like it was funny but it wasn't like over the top like oversaturated funny kind of video like it used to be and then her youtube reform i call it or her evolution to camcorder vintage camera i like to call it the video version of a photo dump but she left youtube for a little bit and then came back with her first video alterations and then that led into a whole different era of um her video and editing style and i feel like she really pioneered that trend she started it i guess she started that trend of the camcorder aesthetic and then that in itself took off in a whole different way and then yeah so that was her most recent era and then she left for six months and then she came back which is why i'm recording this because to celebrate her coming back i don't know but yeah she's still she's still she didn't attain to the the half camcorder half like high quality camera aesthetic but she still has the the emotions in it i guess in a way it's like the video version of a photo dump and she's evolved into making the recordings and the video in itself a byproduct of the experience or of what she's doing and i feel like that's what the idea of a photo dump was in the first place that's why i like to call it the video version of a photo dump um this creator flow by low um she talked about how the photo dump came to be and it, it would she basically to sum it up she basically said like as we evolved as a society um we've been taught to make the photos the byproduct of the experience and not make it not make it the reason of the experience kind of like how earlier how early social media era when it came to like what 2015 2016 like you would literally go do stuff because of the pictures you'll get out of it and i guess like a couple years ago too um you would go do stuff to get pictures out of it but now the photo dump exists so you can still share your experiences but make it the byproduct of you know make it the byproduct instead of the reason why you have the experience and she's indirectly teaching others to focus on themselves and not look for photos and videos to be the main product of really anything and again that i feel like that really 
encapsulates her six month hiatus her six month hiatus that she went on and yeah so her editing evolution is really important to her as an influencer in my opinion okay so the last segment of the book of this episode is caffeine culture and how she plays a huge huge part of it so like i said earlier the coffee sleep personality she in 2018 2019 2022 um she was basically running on caffeine, getting no sleep. And that was the whole cycle of the personality, I want to say. And that in itself kind of affected, not affect, like it, it attracted everyone and so many influencers from at the point 2019, 2020 saying like, oh, I got no sleep, but um, like I'm getting coffee to, you know, feed my addiction to you know keep me awake keep me hyper i love coffee that whole thing i feel like yeah she really she really stepped up for the caffeine culture and i feel like that's also her big her role in caffeine culture is also the reason why she started her coffee company and i feel like there was a societal transition from going to coffee chains and phil's coffee and starbucks to going to local coffee shops and having machines at home and matcha culture i feel like right now we're in a matcha era like as a society social media we're in a matcha era right now and again emma chamberlain has an amazing influence on it the light is about to go out are you serious okay okay well i'm gonna get back nud i'm gonna die that's it. It's over for me. Three, two, and oh, it's out. Okay. That's fun. Anyway, her coffee company plays a humongous role in the caffeine culture slash, like, the matcha era we're in right now because that was her personality in the first place. It's kind of what made her popular and what made her relatable and what made her um, the influencer she is today. So... I definitely would like to see where her coffee company goes next and what products they release next because um, in her vlogs, she went from drinking ice lattes to drinking like really ice lattes from out or she went from drinking ice lattes out like at Starbucks, at Phil's, uh, at like her machines at home to making, you know, cute little cortados lattes hot like hot coffees at home because she had a bigger machine and kind of like a barista part of her kitchen i guess to making to make to making coffee and matcha like she had a milk frother she had the matcha with she had everything and then now everyone has everyone just drinks matcha i don't know what happened like matcha was such for a long time matcha was such a mixed feelings drink because it was some people liked it other people didn't but now everyone likes it. What happened? Emma Chamberlain happened, obviously. Anyway, I hope this helped in any way, shape, or form. I hope it helped you realize how big of a role she plays. And I'm very curious as to like where society will go next and how Emma Chamberlain will influence it. Or if she's losing her influence altogether and she's just becoming what? Like just another person you watch on YouTube. So, yeah, that's it. Um, for the book of this episode. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. If you didn't, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, 
thanks for listening, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm gonna leave this closet before it gets too scary. Um, that's all I have to talk about. So, see you next week. Okay, bye.